And after you look up Proverbs chapter 16, verse 3, and I'll give you another second for that. We can please stand to honor the reading of his word. Honor the reading of God the Father. And it says this, Commit your works to the Lord, and your thoughts will be established. God will bless and honor the reading of his word, and you may be seated. Last fall, Brother Jeff, talking about uh, Brother Jeff who could not be here today, He's uh, honoring his father. That's wonderful. But he started a men's group here at this church. We're getting ready to start that group back up again. Uh, it's either going to be in July or August. We're hoping to be July, but we've talked about it. Brother Jeff Carter I'm talking about. Really good man who helps me out a lot. He's usually teaching Sunday school. He's, uh, he's my deputy, I call him. That's why I call him a Barney Fife a lot. <laughs> I really like that guy, you know. Anyway, he started a men's group, and uh, it was a really good group. We call it the Mod Squad. The Mod Squad, not because of the old TV show. Call it the Mod Squad because it stood for M-O-D, being men of... Men of... That's right. Men of destiny. Actually, I knew that. I knew that. I knew that, and you're thinking, no, you didn't. Yes, I did. You see, it is men of destiny. The title of today's sermon is Men of D, question mark, question mark, question mark. And the reason why I call it that is because so very often I've tried to remember what the name of that title was of, of that group, and I couldn't remember. It would always be Men of D. Well, you guys know why I have hard time memories. You know that. You know all the, the, the digging around they've done up there. But here's the deal. It was men of destiny, men of destiny. And yes, men, the question we have today is, what is your destiny, men? Now, women, you just listen right along because it can work to you too. When I say men, we could be talking about mankind. Could be talking about women. But I'm talking mostly to men today. And you too, okay? You being a uh, soldier of God. But men, what is your destiny? So today, when I say men of D, because that is the title, there's a reason I say men of D. Because your destiny hasn't been determined yet. Your destiny hasn't been determined yet. But wait a minute. People say, wait a minute. Oftentimes, it's, whoa, 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 hang on now, Pastor Philip. Hang on. What do you mean destiny hasn't been determined yet? God knows your destiny, right? God knows your destiny, right? Yes, God knows your destiny. God knows your destiny, but he's also giving you the will to decide what your destiny will be. I know there are believers. I'm not going to say what they call themselves. I know what there are certain believers. Thank you. I appreciate that because I forgot to do what I was going to do. And that was this, so you could actually hear me. Isn't that nice? Uh, now, I usually can't do this, and there's reasons for that. So we're going to order, telling you, sis, we're going to order a microphone for me to wear, a new one that will work well. But either way... There are some believers who believe that our destinies are to be determined for us. Destinies of people who are going to be lost, that God wrote it that way, and that there are people who are going to go to heaven, as if God wants them to go to hell. 
Well, how horrible is that? God doesn't want that. That's foolishness. That's misreading the word. That's misrepresenting what God has said. I understand why they say that. I don't even understand why they think that. But that is not what it's saying. That is not what it's saying. We're going to get into all that. Your destiny hasn't been determined because you have the will to either follow God or not. So the question again is, what is your destiny? See, we have a destiny. I have a destiny. You have a destiny. Some believe that we don't, it doesn't matter what we do. Your destiny has been written. This could very well be a way of being lazy. Doesn't matter what I do, God's already determined my destiny, so whatever I do, it's already been taken care of. So what does it matter what I do? No, we don't want to be lazy about it. You still have a choice of what you do. Well, my destiny has been written, so what does it matter? No, 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 no. We still have the right to choose what we're going to do. Think of it this way. Think of it this way. Imagine if you saw a weatherman on the news today. A weatherman telling us that it's going to be a great storm out there. Okay, we see how the weatherman, you know, weathermen can always be trusted, right? We know that. Weathermen can always be trusted. They're always right. Okay, so imagine they tell us that there's going to be a great storm. And we say, well, it's already been decided the storm is going to happen. And so, therefore, uh, we better uh, we better go ahead and... Uh, just not worry about doing anything for it. But no, 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 no. It, the thing about it is, is we say uh, it's already going to happen. Everything's going to happen like the weatherman said. No, no, no. We better get ready for that storm. We don't know what's going to happen. The weatherman tells us things are going to happen. We better count on what is uh, the weatherman says, right? No, no. The thing about it is, is he's always wrong. No, no, no. The fact is, he's not always wrong. God tells us what's going to happen. But the thing is, we don't know. We don't know what exactly is going to happen. Things are going to change. Just because the weatherman says something's going to happen doesn't mean it's going to happen exactly that way. It has to be determined by the weather itself. God determines what's going to happen, but still things go wrong. Why? Because we choose. We choose things differently. Yes, God has determined our plans, but we don't always follow God's plans, do we? No, we don't. So here's the thing. Some men, some men of D, could be those who have fallen fallen for what for de the devil's trap of lies of the world so therefore some men of d are uh, the men of the devil's trap the men of the devil's trap the men of the devil's trap that could be the men of detour the men of the detour men of detour now what's the men of detour well the men of detour could be men who are going the wrong way you know what the bible says about that the Bible says that wide is the road that leads to what? Destruction. Wide is the road. That could be the men of detour. Okay. Well, th those men of D could be the men of destitute. The men who are destitute could be the men who are starving and poor. They're on the looking for. Uh, they're starving because they're not going to have eternal riches. They're not going to have eternal food. They're not going to have all. That. They're not going to have the eternal home that they want. They're not going to have those things. Okay, how about this? These could be the men of D, meaning men of dominance. They want to be the master of their own domain, but they're not going to have that. No, 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 no. They want to be in charge, but they're not in charge. They're not going to have the control that they want. They're going to have be in charge of nothing. The fact is, is they're in charge of one thing. They're in charge of their own damnation because God has given the way out, but they're not taking it. They're not going to have that. And then there are some men, men of D, who are men of delusions of grandeur. 
men of delusions of grandeur, because of pride, because believing that they don't need God because they're in charge of all these things. And so therefore, their delusions are leading them to what? Disaster. That's right, men of disaster. Isn't that horrible? Men of disaster. Sin is disaster. Life without God is disaster. It's exactly what it is. And it leaves disaster behind. Then there's men of denial. Men of denial. They're in denial of their faults, the denial of weaknesses, denial of sins. They'll deny the sins, their weaknesses, deny their needs of forgiveness. Oh, you've heard it before. How many people are that way? Okay, I might not be perfect, but I'm not a person of sin. I'm a good person. Have you ever heard that? I'm a good person. And these are men of denial. Perhaps you've been there yourself before you come to know the Lord. Uh, some people do that. Men of denial. Perhaps the other people are men of design. And by this I'm talking about their own design. I've made myself. I'm a, I'm a person of my own way. You've, you've seen people that. Men of their own design. Yeah. Their design, their way, their control. Their God to themselves. Men of their own design. How about men of de their own detriment? Men of their own detriment. This means men of their own damage. Men of their own harm, in, their, in, uh, the, in other words. Men of their own detriment. They're damaging themselves. This is horrible. In other words, men of destruction. Men of destruction. These are the people that lost. There are even some Christians. Even some Christians who fall for some of these traps. And this is not to say that they're going to destruction, but some of their ways are in the same uh, dysfunctional way like this. The fact is, uh, men, that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Well, we know this. We talk about this all the time. We know Romans uh, 3.23. We know that. Moses was a murderer. He was. Moses was a murderer. And we know that. Joseph and Jacob, Joseph and his father Jacob, both were men who have delusions of grandeur. They did. They thought themselves to be better than the others around them. We know that. Both of them thought they were better than their brothers. They built themselves up greater than what they were. We know that David, he, we talked about this not that long ago, David gave in to the devil's trap. He gave in to the deluded view of lust and lies and adultery and felony. And yet, and yet, and yet, all these men and so many more, so many more, after repentance, and this is the important part, after repentance is not the same as just admitting that you're wrong. It's not the same as just admitting that you've given in a sin. No, 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 no. It's admitting and turning around and changing. Repentance. After repentance, they became what? Men of God. They became men of destiny. We are all imperfect and tempted to the devil's trap to destroy and dilute the design of your destiny. Every single one of us. This is what it says in James 1, 2 through 4. My brothers, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing that the trying of your faith develops patience. But let patience perfect its work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. It's not that we're perfect, but God can perfect us one by one, 
moment by moment, even through the temptation that Satan brings to us. So let's now turn to the book of Romans. Oh, this is a good one. Book of Romans. Chapter Pastor, oh, chapter 8. Chapter 8, verses 18 through 30. Romans 8, 18 through 30. And it says this. I'll give you another second. Chapter 8, 18 through 30 says this. It's about the glory that is to be. For I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed to us. The eager expectation of the creation waits for the appearance of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but by the will of him who subjected it, talking about Jesus, in hope that the creation itself also will be set free from its slavery to corruption into the glorious freedom of the children of God. We know that the whole creation groans and travails in pain together until now. Not only that, but we also who have the first fruit of the Spirit groan within ourselves while eagerly waiting for adoption the redemption of our bodies for we are saved through hope but hope that is seen is not hope for why does a man still hope for what he sees but if we hope for what we do not see we wait for it with patience likewise the spirit helps us in our weaknesses for we do not know what to pray for as we ought but the spirit itself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of god we know that all things work together for the good of those who love god to those who are called according to his purposes for those whom he foreknew he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son so that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. Yes, God knew who is going to come and ask Jesus into their heart. He called everyone to come and be saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. He knows who's going to be saved today. He knows who's going to be saved tomorrow. He knew who was going to be saved yesterday. He knew who got saved the day that I got saved. He knew who got saved the day you got saved. He knows who's going to get saved tomorrow, who's going to be saved next week. He knows who's dying today. He knows all these things. But even though he knows our destiny, it doesn't mean he determines our destiny because he's given us free will. And I happen to know that my destiny is in the hands of Jesus Christ because I've given it to him. Good men of God, it is time to choose today. Today we are men of D, but which kind of destiny are we going to have? We could be men of destiny because we could be men of dedication. We could be men of dedication. And we need to be men of dedication. All through the world right now, there are men out there who are dedicated to the ways of the world. There are men out there right now who are not dedicated to God as they ought to be. There are even Christian men right now who are not dedicated to God as they ought to be. Because they're more dedicated to what they want, because what they want is not God. 
What they want is things of the flesh. What they want is things of the lust. What they want is not to determine by their want to the Lord. Even certain Christian men are not dedicated to Christ as they ought to be. And this is not Philip Coons talking. It's the word of God talking. Some might say, oh, he should. We're not judging. We're talking about what the judge himself says in his word. Where does it say this? Okay, well, it says right here in his word. Let's talk about this. Dedication. Dedication should be our life by the way that we live. Let's look at this in Colossians 3, 17. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. In all that we do. In all that we do. We need to be dedicated unto God. Now, I'm not saying that you're not to be you, but it should be Christ through you. We should be dedicated to him. So many times there are people who say, well, I'll go to church on Sunday. I'll go on Christmas time, and I'll go at Easter time, and I'll go once in a while on Sundays. And, you know, that's when you and the Lord. I'm not your judge, but, but I will say this. If your life gets out of whack and you don't know why, I think you do know why. I know why whenever I'm not serving God like I ought to. I've done it. When I'm not reading the word, when I'm not... Look, it's not just reading, by the way. It's not just reading. It's being dedicated. It's putting it into my life because it goes to the next D. The next D is being a man of discipline. We're to be men of discipline. We have to be disciplined. Kids said, well, I, I read it two weeks ago. We have to be disciplined. And by the way, it's not just about reading. It's about living for the Lord. It's about putting the things behind us that we sometimes put before God. We can't do that. Listen, listen here. Discipline is by our actions. It's by our actions and how we live. I don't know why I have so many problems. I think we do know why. We need to be men of discipline. Why is the world going so out of whack? It's not my fault. It's not, I'm not saying it is your fault. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying if more men would live for the Lord God, if more men, I'm not talking about you personally, but all of us men together would live more like God and raise the children to put God first, there'd be less of the problems that we have today. This is what I'm saying. No, I'm not talking about you personally, saying, oh, it's all the fault of so-and-so and so-and-so. No, 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 no. I'm saying that we all need to be more like he who lives within us. And then we try to make excuses. Well, I can't be Christ. I'm not asking you to be Christ. I'm trying to tell you the thing is that the Bible says over and over, we could be less of us, more of him. It says it over and over and over again in the Bible. Once you become saved, once you become saved, he is a part of you. This is what it says, men of discipline. It's by our actions. This one says in Proverbs 19, 20. Hear counsel and receive instruction that you may be wise in your latter days. Well, where are we going to receive counsel? Well, first of all, by ministers and pastors and this type of thing. Also by the people that were around, by the word of God in the Bible, but by believing and following the, in the church through the pastor, the people we talk to, the friends, uh, the people, the council that we have around us. I am not by any means telling you to tell all your problems to the people you're around. Don't do that. 
Pick your very, very close counsel. Maybe your pastor, and by the way, I'm not telling you, call and tell me everything. I'm not saying that. You can if you wish, but I'm not telling you to do that. I'm simply telling you, be very select in who you talk to. Very select. Because God bless them. God bless them. People, some people just can't shut up. They, God bless them. They just can't. Some people, just they just don't have that ability. They, and so you don't want to do that. You just don't want to. You need to pray about it. Be disciplined about who you talk to. Be very careful about it. You really, you really need to be. You really need to be. But be disciplined by your actions, too. Your actions, your actions should show where your destiny is going. And the next one is be men of determination. You need to be determined. Have your mindset. Well, I read three weeks ago. That's great. I, I've been going to church for a week now. That's I, I'm, I'm proud of you. I really am. I am. I'm proud you went to church. But it needs to be by determination. If you're determined, it should be more than just a day or, or two or, or a week or two. Be determined. I, I don't feel like going, get up anyway. I don't feel like, go anyway. I don't Go when you don't want to the most. Whenever you want, it's just like this. When you don't want to diet, you diet more. When you don't want to go to the gym, you go to the gym more. When you don't want to go to work, you go to work anyway. Why? Because you're determined you have to. You have to. The thing is, as a Christian, I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes I don't want to go to church. Guess what? I get up and I go anyway. There's times I don't want to read the Word of God. Guess what? I get up and I do it anyway. You know why? Just because I don't want to doesn't mean I don't need to. Just because I don't want to take my medication and by the way I never want to just because I don't want to doesn't mean I don't need to because I need it every day the Bible the Word of God serving God living for God is a necessity be determined I'm going to do it I don't want to but you're going to and do it be determined it's a mindset determination is a mindset it's a mindset when you have your mind set on it, but I don't feel, I don't care how you feel. You're going to do it anyway. I mean, I'm talking to myself now. I'm going to do it anyway. So there's no question about what I'm going to do because this is God's way. First Peter 1 13 says, therefore guard your minds, be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. We're to be men of devotion. This is a heart set. If men of determination is a mindset, devotion, excuse me, that's determination. Men of devotion is a heart set. It says in 2 Timothy 2 2, share the things that you have heard from me in the presence of, my, of many witnesses with many, excuse me, with faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And this is a heart set. Go out there, share the word with others. And then we need to be men of diligence. Be diligent. Continue to go on, no matter what. This is a pace. What does that mean? That means get yourself set at pace. Put your feet in there, put it on cruise control. Continue to go forward on the same setting, no matter what. There's a pace, a cruise control. 2 Peter 1.10 Therefore, brothers, diligently make your calling and your election sure, for if you do these things, you will never stumble. Make your step every day the same pace. Don't stop. Don't take a break. Because once you take a break, once you take a break, you know how it is. I'm going to take a break for today. 
And then guess what? The next day, oh, I'll just, and this another day. And then the next day, just another day. And all of a sudden it's been a week, then two, then three, then a month, then a year, then five. You know how it is. I've done it two. I've done it three. I've done it four. Can't do that. We need to be men, uh, and this is very important. We need to be men of dignity. Men of dignity, not men of the world. Men of dignity. Men of honor. Men of valor. That's what men of God are. Honor for God. We need to be men of dignity. Titus 2, 6-8 says this. Likewise, exhort, listen now, it's important, exhort young men to be self-controlled in all things, presenting yourself as an example of good works in doctrine, showing integrity, gravity, incorruptibility, and sound speech that cannot be condemned so that the one who opposes you may be ashamed having nothing evil to say of you we can be used to encourage the young men as an example i am very proud i said it before i'll say it again i am proud of the men of this church i am proud of my brothers i'm very proud of you we have a couple men here who've been deacons we have a couple men who've been deacons for a long time and i am extremely proud of you for all the work you've done in this church for all the work you've done for those many many years and next week, I'm going to talk about that just a little more, even before my sermon. I'm going to talk a little more about that, just how very proud of you two that I, I personally am. I'm very proud of the man who came forward earlier and took care of, of the uh, offering. And so much he's helped in this church. I know he gets a little frustrated because I embarrass him sometimes when I'm talking about how proud of him I am, but I am, brother. I'm very proud of you. I'm proud of the man who's helping with the sound. I'm very proud of the men who help out in all ways they can, some who couldn't even be here today. I'm very proud of them anyway. I'm very proud of them. Why? Because they come, no matter how they feel, they come and they serve the Lord God. They do the best that they can do, and I'm proud of them. It's not easy. And in this day and age, it's also not easy because some people try to shame them and make them feel as if they're doing something wrong. And the fact of the matter is, it takes a real man, it takes a real man, it takes a real man to stand up when people are mocking you, making fun of you, and it takes a real man to stand up and say, I love the Lord God more than I love me. It takes a real man. That is dignity. That is valor. And I commend you. I had such a man in my life. A couple of them. My dad. I like to call old Dean. My pastor. Oh. He raised me to put God first. It's hard for me to talk about without crying. My father raised me to always put God first. I love him so much, it's hard for me not to be with him today. I love my dad. He stood behind this pulpit for many, many years, and he preached the Word of God. And he loved the Lord more than he ever did himself. He taught me to live with honor and dignity. And he was taught, how, how did he do that? Why did he do that? 
because he was taught by his father to do the same. And the fact of the matter is, is that father, George Edmund Koontz, wasn't necessarily taught by his father to do that. Now, he did come to know the Lord, but barely. And the fact of the matter is, is it takes a man of God. It takes a man of God to raise a family. You can make an example. You can make an example, and you can make that entire generation, generations, generations of Christian soldiers because you have put God first. How important that is. It is so vitally important to preach the word of God, but not just by your speech, but by your actions, by your actions. I'm very proud of them. Not just that, I, I, I had to put my Uncle Russell on there and others, those men in my life who helped me so tremendously because my Uncle Russell's taken the, he's taken that uh, mantle, if you will. He's not my father, but he's my honorary father in the sense that he's taken the role of my pastor, my honorary pastor, and he helped pastor me. And uh, he's helped me tremendously in that sense. My father taught me as the Father God has, that when you live for the Lord God, we can be men of delight. Men of delight. Men of delight. Men of happiness. Not sad and solemn. Because when people see church, they always think, oh, it's going to be boring. And I must admit, as a child, I thought church was boring. I thought it was a place to sleep, and sometimes that happens. But the fact of the matter is, is uh, it's not to be a place of snooze. It's not to be a place of boredom. It's not to be all that. I, I used to draw when my dad preached, so I'll be honest about that. But that was how I paid attention. It truly is. I would doodle. It's how I paid attention. Otherwise, my mind would wander. But the truth be told, I found that it, serving God is a, uh, made me a man of delight. I found happiness in it. Why? Because I love to serve God. My happiness is found in the Lord. Happiness is the Lord, according to the song, and it is. But I want you to hear this from Psalm 1. We don't even know who this author, author is. They give it to David, but we don't know that it was him. Uh, psalm number 1, verse 1 through 2. So this starts off all the songs in Psalm, in the Psalms. Psalm number 1, verse 1 and 2 says this. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Oh, now listen. Listen, Christians out there. Listen, Christians out there who are following the ways of the world, who think you have to get along with everyone out there. Yes, you can be loving, you can be kind, you can love them, but you don't need to be of them. You can love them, but not be of them and of the world. Now listen what this says. It says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. Night and day. Day and night. He is the one. He's the one that we need to counsel upon. He's the one. Not them out there. No, 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 no. Our delight should be in the Lord, not in the world. We need to delight in God. That's how we become men of God. That's how we become men of destiny. My destiny is delighted upon the Lord, not upon the world. Yes, men of destiny, we are also be men of design, but not our design, not the design of us, but the design of God. His design, 
his way. We are to be men of destiny, the design of God. That is who we are to be. Amen? You see, when God created man, when God created man, this is what he did in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. It says this, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. And listen, women, in God, he created him, male and female, he created them. God created us, both of them together were in the image of God. He separated them, but together, perfection. This doesn't mean you're perfect, women. Men, this doesn't mean you're perfect. Okay, we know this. But we were created in the image of God. When he created and designed us, we were originally created in the image of perfection, originally until sin came in, but we, don't, we all know without that, okay? 1 Timothy 6.11, But you, O man of God, escape these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. These are the things that we should follow after. Not the things of sin, not the things of the world. We, men of destiny, are to follow after God and the things that he designed. 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Watch, stand fast in the faith, be bold like men and be strong. We're to be bold, we're to be strong. I'm gonna tell you something, brothers. I'm gonna tell you something. When Jesus Christ went out there talking to the Pharisees, talking to the people of the world, when he spoke to them, yes, he was nice. Yes, he was loving to all the people. But when he spoke, he was also bold. Yes, you're to be loving. Yes, you're to be kind. But when it comes time for the Lord to speak through you, you're also to be bold. You're to be men of destiny, men of God's design. And last but not least, and I guess it's not technically last, Romans 12, 1 through 2. I urge you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service of worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You are God's man. You're not your own. You're not your own. You don't belong to yourself. I'm just my own man. No, you're not. You're not. You're God's man. We are God's men. We are the mod squad. We are men of, well, well, we're not men of devil's trap. We're not the men of detour. We're not the men of destitute. We're not the men of dominance. We're not the men of delusions of grandeur. We're not the men of disaster. We're not the men of denial. We're not the men of our own design. We're not the men of detriment. And we're not the men of destruction. We are God's men. We are men of destiny. We're men of de dedication. We are men of discipline. We are men of determination. We're men of devotion, men of diligence, men of dignity, men of delight, and yes, 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 we are men of destiny, of God's design, men of destiny. And I close today, I close today by calming down, because I have to. 
that I got myself all worked up. Because I want to say, I'm very proud of my brothers, every one of you. I'm proud of my brothers out there. I'm proud of all my brothers who put their lives on the line every day for the Lord. I'm proud of the police officers, those who are soldiers for the Lord, the police officers who put their lives on the line, the soldiers out there for the army and the militaries of all sorts who love the Lord. For those who don't know the Lord, you can today. I'm proud of you out there, men. Women too, incidentally. But I'm proud of you men. You out there who are showing your sons to live for God. You out there who are building up the blueprints for your family. God called the men to lead the family. This is not the same thing against the women who are bringing their children to church. But you know what always happens. What's always happened. My father said it years ago. And so are so many other pastors. And it's true. It's beautiful to see the women bringing the kids to church. It's beautiful. But when the father doesn't get up. When the father doesn't try to bring the family in together. And he doesn't bring in the family unit. When the father doesn't get involved. Nine times out of ten. Those children go away. They don't continue to go in. And why? Why? Because the father is the foundation. The mama is the home, but the father is the foundation under the home. And that's the God's honest truth. The mama is just as equally important as the daddy, but the daddy is the foundation under the home. And if you don't have the foundation, the home will crumble and split. Daddy's foundation. Raise up your child in the way they should go. And in the end, it will not depart from them. Continue. Keep on keeping on. And now I will read Psalm 32, verse 8. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye on you. Let's all bow in prayer. Dear Lord God, I pray right now for this country. I pray right now, Lord God, for all the youth. I pray right now, Lord God, for the way this country is headed without you. But Lord God, I pray right now for all the fathers. And I thank you for them right now, Lord God. I, I thank you for the Christian fathers who are following you. And they're desperate, Lord. They're determined to bring the children up right. And I pray, Lord God, they'll keep their hearts and minds set on you in the Bible. Lord God, I pray if there be anyone out there who wants to raise their children right, but they don't know quite what to do, I pray, Lord God, that they will find counsel. I pray, Lord, if they're not in church, they'll find a good Bible-believing, Bible-following church, Lord God. And of course, Lord God, you know that they're welcome here. But Lord, I pray that they'll get themselves, get themselves determined to find the blueprint, your word, to get their home built upright. Lord, I pray for these men and the men of this church, and I thank you for them. I pray for every single one of them. Right now, Lord God, I pray for my brother Chad. I pray, Lord, for the migraines that he's been dealing with, and I pray you heal him right now, Lord God, in your holy name. Lord God, I pray for these men, and I pray for these women, and I pray for this church, and I pray, Lord God, for all the people out there. In your holy, precious name, amen.